Hello everybody. Uh, today I'll be talking about a new book I'm, I just started reading uh, called Economic Facts and Fallacies by Thomas Sowell. And I'll also be talking about uh, the importance of TV shows and movies and how we can take uh, a lesson or two just from watching them. Welcome to my corner. Alright, hope everybody's doing well today. Let's just uh, get right into it. So the new book that I'm currently reading is called Economic Facts and Fallacies uh, by Thomas Sowell. Now, I've been watching a lot of Thomas Sowell interviews um, from the Hoover Institute, uh, Hoover Institute, I believe, on YouTube. Um, you can just search it up there. But he's basically um, very logical in his approach, and he has a wealth of knowledge, uh, and he's been studying economics for his entire life. And so, uh, yeah, picking up this book was kind of a uh, something that I've always wanted to understand is is economics, and so I, that's the reason why I picked up this book. I did try reading his um, his basic economics book, uh, the fifth edition, but it was it was like really giant, so I only got like through one third of it, and had to return it to the library here. So this is a smaller digest. It's about two hundred thirty pages, I believe, um, maybe less, but it it's pretty much self explanatory. Um, you know, I but I I am only on the first chapter, but it's already making a lot of sense here. So there's uh, a couple of paragraphs here that I'd like to read from the book, so I can open a discussion here. And so this is on page nine, um, called the open-ended fallacy. Starting from there, many desirable things are advocated without regard to the most fundamental fact of economics that resources are inherently limited and have alternative uses. Who could be against health, safety, or open space? But each of these things is open-ended, while resources are not only limited but have alternative uses which are also valuable. No matter how much is done to promote health, more could be done. No matter how safe things have been made, they could be safer. And no matter how much open space there is, there could still be more. Obvious as this may seem, there are advocates, movements, laws, and policies policies promoting an open-ended commitment to more of each of these things without any much indication of limits or any principle by which limits might be set, which less any consideration of alternative uses of the resources that some people want devoted to whatever desirable thing they are prom- promoting. Close quote. And so those two paragraphs were very interesting to me because I find them to be true. Um, I don't think anybody is against health, um, safety, or open spaces. I think the problem is when they become too vague. Um, you'll notice that a lot of politicians use vagueness, such as these these certain topics, health and safety and open spaces, uh, as their talking points. Uh, we need more health care in this area we need more safety maybe some gun control in this area um right and so so a lot of these things are talking points that politicians use to get elected and then thomas soul does bring up a good point is that we never ask the question of what's the limits of each policy because we can't just uh pool our resources into one thing um, as much as we'd like to I'd like everybody to have health care, but how is that going to affect our education system? Um, I'd like for everybody to be educated, but how is that going to affect the safety of our citizens and how we have to fund 
um, certain police stations or whatnot, if they are government funded. But point is, is that we cannot spread ourselves too thin and we cannot put all our eggs in one basket there. So there has to be a limit. And because it's so vague, uh, government and politicians, because they offer a lot of vague policies and, and vague platforms, it's hard for us to get a real uh, nail down on what policies and how our resources should be used. Okay, so that's mainly the open-ended fallacy. There's also another uh, another thing I'd like to read here coming from this book that I found very interesting. This is page 7 of Economic Facts and Fallacies. Quote, The Fallacy of Composition what logicians call the fallacy composition is the belief that what is true of part is true of the whole. A baseball fan at a ballpark can see the game better by standing up, but if all fans stand up, they will not all see better. Many economic policies involve the fallacy of composition, as politicians come to the aid of some group, industry, state, or other special interest representing the benefits to them as if they were a net benefit to society, rather than essentially robbing P Peter to pay Paul. Many local governments, for example, follow policies designed to attract either new businesses or higher income people, both of which are expected to provide more local tax revenues. Whole neighborhoods have been demolished and redeveloped with upscale housing and shopping malls as a means of revitalizing the community. Often the federal government subsidizes this operation and with no consideration that the businesses and higher income people attracted there will be simply transferred from some other place, while the usually lower income displaced are also transferred to some other place. Yet government from the local to the national level have set up innumerable programs to engage in what is usually at best a zero-sum operation and is often a negative-sum operation as millions of lives are disrupted across the country and billions of tax dollars are spent demolishing neighborhoods for no benefit to the country as a whole. Since policies imposed by the government are not voluntary transactions, like those of the marketplace, zero-sum and negative-sum operations can continue indefinitely. Nevertheless, at any given location, there can be impressive drawings beforehand and impressive photographs afterwards to depict the scene before and after redevelopment and celebrate the visible improvements. For many years, photographers like to take pictures of the slums in Washington with the Capitol Dome in the background. Eventually, massive slum clearance projects put an end to such embarrassing photos, but the people displaced went to live in other neighborhoods, turning many of these other neighborhoods into slums. Even if these new slums were now located at a politically convenient distance from the Capitol building. Close quote. That's Economic Facts and Fallacies by Thomas Sowell. Alright, as you can see, what I'm reading right now is currently interesting to me <laughs> I hope it's interesting to you guys but I just find these things to be very true and that was only the seventh page you know um, and I just like to note down that this was written in 2008 so this book to me was way ahead of its time uh, but we see the current situation here um, which is that you know the current problems are still happening today where we take a small part of you know the problem and we've, we apply the solution to everything. Um, we federalize it. And so I don't think that's right. But 
we can see that when we do that, there is consequences. Uh, this example was the the housings um, where they wanted to kind of redevelop or revitalize uh, the community there, but it ended up just moving people away. And so I think an another thing that I'd like to add just to that was that um, aside from intent and outcome, you know, people aren't the same as well. Uh, Low-income low people are not low-income due to the same factors. We have many factors. Um, and In fact, people get out of low-income households uh, when they turn about like in their mid-age to 28 to 30, I'm, or not 28, but starting from 28, I believe, uh, in the mid-age is, is when they kind of bounce out of the low-income because that's when their careers are developed and they have experience there. But yeah, not all people are the same. Uh, we can't just apply uh, a solution to everybody there. And so that's what's intrigued me about that first part of the book here. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be more fallacies for me to explore and kind of talk to you guys about. But yeah, I would check out this author. Um, there's a lot of interviews, he makes a lot of sense. He drops a lot of knowledge and facts. Um, Thomas Sowell, I just YouTube him and he has a lot. Um, but if you're not really into that, I can totally get it. Um, I was never into politics. I was never into economics or history until like 19. I'm 22 now, so like that's very late. But as you're growing older, you find that these things are important and they need to be they need to be understood at best. I feel. And so that's what, I kind of, what I'm kind of doing, just uh, picking up books like these. I, I have like so many other books that I haven't finished yet um, based on psychology, um, sp some spiritual, you know. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe exploring more with you guys here and kind of picking things that I really like and, you know, letting you guys know about it. Um, but yeah, that's just basically what I've been picking picking up on um is just economics i did read part of his first book which or not his first book but uh his basic economics fifth edition oh, it's a hefty book it's like 600 pages i did read like one third of it and basically what i got from it um just from the get uh he preaches this that uh economics is not about income um or money per se it's about scarcity of resources and you know what we do about them so that's just one thing that i picked up from that book there but like i said uh, these topics are important i feel especially when it comes to in the later ages um of our days here so yeah just one thing that i thought was pretty cool i'd share with you guys on a uh, cooler note stranger note <laughs> Uh, season three of Stranger Things just dropped, and so I've been binge watching uh, season two of Stranger Things because I already watched season one. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it here. Um, I like the the characters, their development. Um, I love the plot and where it went. So yeah, no, it's it's been pretty good. I'm hoping to see what season three does for us here. Um, and yeah, on a, I've been thinking on a bigger scale though, um, 
about what entertainment, TV series, movies kind of helps us do. Um, and I'm particularly speaking of one one theme or one scene that is applied to almost every series. And it's the scene where um, either like two of the main characters sit down and talk because they had a conflict and and they talk and they become vulnerable and apologetic and everything gets not resolved but at least there's an understanding for one another in that moment a reason why that is important to me is I feel well, what I see in today's society maybe it's not true but what I see anyways is that that doesn't happen in culture. Um, it doesn't happen from my experience in culture. That we sit down and we have this discussion of conflict. Um, you know, maybe. And more, important, more importantly, that they get apologetic with one another. Not the um, defending faith apologetic, but the I'm sorry, I messed up apologetic kind of type. I don't see that happen often. And I don't think anybody wants to admit that they're wrong. I get that. Or they want to become vulnerable in their situation. They don't want to expose themselves. That's, that's understandable. But I think the conversation needs to happen regardless and so I think that's something that we can kind of take from from entertainment, TV series and all that. Even from kids' shows, you know. And for, for some funny reason, I find myself enjoying more kids' shows like that. Uh, that have, have a simple meaning to the show, but a deeper lesson that we can take. Like, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender will always be my favorite cartoon now. Uh, just because for the wisdom of of the show itself that uh, that they have there, you find that a lot of the things that they say in Avatar: The Last Airbender that that, that can be applied to adults in real life, you know, and so that's something that I think that we can take from entertainment itself, um, as well as we need something to relate to at certain times. You know, when we have, when we try to open up to friends, family, or whoever else there, right? Um, and they, it's just a miss. We can't really get it through them to understand. And then when we finally watch a TV show or something in entertainment on YouTube or whatnot, we find that something finally clicks. Um, now, why is that? You know, that's a, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um Maybe it was said in a certain way at a certain time. Um, but we use entertainment to relate to reality sometimes. It's a weird phenomenon, I think. You know, this is why Disney films uh, have been so popular throughout the years as well. It's because I think Disney films have some sort of deep meaning when it comes to 
uh, truth in in the psychological sense maybe even a philosophical sense you know when the whole pinocchio thing of um not lying and your nose gets bigger every time you you do lie well i think that's that can be uh, taken as a metaphorical thing but a much more deeper thing you know what does it mean when your nose grows what does that represent um but that's just taking things on a deeper level there uh when it comes to stranger things um what i enjoyed the most i would say um hmm well, there is a lot of things maybe i'll get into spoiler talk so um all right i'll i'll get into spoiler talk in the uh in 3 seconds here so just turn off the podcast if you haven't watched it maybe um and then just skip to like maybe i don't know we'll see i'll, I'll put in a time frame for you to skip to all right so if you want to skip the spoiler talk uh, just skip to 23 minutes and 50 seconds let's give you the next couple seconds to do that Okay, so let's see here. Um, for spoilers, let's see what did I like about Stranger Things. Well, I liked that. Oh, I liked L. L was a really good character. I don't know whoever played her, but she was a really good character. Um, Mike was cool. Um, Will is cool. Although I feel kind of bad for him uh because he was like kind of like the the subject of that that evil thing. Um let's see here. The other two I can't even remember the boy's name. See, this is what I don't like about just watching a series because you you watch you remember the whole plot and the story but you forget the character names. Anyways, I like the other two boys, the toothless guy. Um Now the all the relationship between Nancy, Thomas and Steve. Uh, it's it was I don't know what to root for at this point because I feel bad for Steve, for Steve now. Cuz like he lo- really he really liked her or loved her. I uh, loved Nancy and now it's just like because it was unreciprocated fully um or rather it's not there. You kind of feel bad for Steve now. But he was a jackass in the beginning. But it seems like they when they implemented the new character, um I forgot his name. The honky tonk guy uh that flirts with <laughs> flirts with Wills and Wills and Nancy's mother. Um or not Will, uh sorry, Mike's mother. Um yeah, it seems like they he made they made him the new bully kind of thing. Or the new jackass kind of guy. But uh no, I feel bad for Steve, but at the same time I feel really good for Nancy and Thomas because they had that connection in season 1 and it's just like I don't know how I feel about this. I never at least to say I hope Steve finds happiness in some sense, you know what I mean? But that's that's the relationship part. Oh, uh let's see here Will's mother. Uh I know the writer is just a great actor. Um and man Yeah, no. She she plays a great mother. Like all the right She's she's a really good actor, I would say. And Jim Hopper, um or I think his name is David Arbor, yeah. No, he's a great sheriff as well. Um Yeah, he's a great actor too. I felt really happy 
but then frustrated at the same time because uh, in season two, he's essentially the new parents for Elle or Jane. Um, and you can just see the frustrations he had from his previous life and it was, it's understandable. Um, I don't blame him for feeling those types of way. However, I did feel more frustration against Elle because she is just a kid. Um, because I, I I understand that position of being the parents, especially when this you know this chick has superpowers and whatnot with her mind. Uh, but no, Jim Jim Hopper is a good person, and Elle, she had that weird thing meeting her sister. Ah, uh, man, that's. I did not like the half sister at all. Um, I I don't know what series I saw it from, but oh, the Flash. Okay, so oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a lot of things here. Um, basically, the sister was telling L to use hate as fuel for her power. Um, but I think okay, it may have not been the Flash actually, but there's other show. That uses love instead of, oh my gosh, it's Boruto. <laughs> okay, um, but there's this thing about using love instead of hate to fuel the power. So I'm wondering if they're gonna do that same concept with Stranger Things here for L. Um, if they're gonna use, or if she's gonna learn how to use love to fuel her, uh, to fuel her powers rather than hate to to use him because hate is very destructive so in a general sense it does toxic the soul i know um freaking it's funny because they're doing that with uh what do you call it boruto um when it comes to sarada but that's another spoiler i will spoil for you guys later but yeah no um but yeah i know i thoroughly enjoyed the series the plots was pretty good um there's a lot of intense moments um i did feel let's see here i did feel a little bit rushed in one of the episodes so i'm not quite sure which one uh but no it was it was thoroughly maybe it was the one that that passed a month already maybe that was the last episode i don't know but that's usually how last episodes are They're usually rushed um oh yeah and the ending was very nice you had to do the uh you went to the was it the snowball and all that Nancy was a an MVP um, dancing with that kid who couldn't find a girl to dance with. So, good on Nancy. Still feel bad for Steve. Um, but no, it was, it was really enjoyable. Um, I liked it. So yeah, I'm kind of interested, interested to see what season 3 we will, uh, will bring. And I'll do some more spoiler talk after. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a while since I've picked up on any TV series in general. You know, so it's kind of refreshing to have. Uh, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Alright, so that's enough spoiler talk for me. Um, but yeah, back to the bigger picture, I, I just in general. Um, TV, series, entertainment can help us so long as we choose to let it help us. It can provide, if you take a deeper look into things... It can provide a structure for us that we may not know uh, of. And, you know, a structure of socializing, a structure of engaging 
with one another. Because oftentimes, we, the, the trouble thing about entertainment is we want it to be the expectation that we put on ourselves as a society. But then, if we set the expectation very low instead of, um, very low instead of what it should be, what the standard should be, then we're falling down more as a society. But at the same time, they don't want to be fake. That's the that's the main issue that I think I find most TV series today is that they don't want it to be um, very fake. I think that's why Stranger Things probably also hit a lot of people because this is taken down as a... Well, two things. that It's very... We understand that it's a TV show with all the um, supernatural stuff happening. But it's also real because it's taken in a in in a different time. And so, you know, we can relate to it on a deeper level. But I think we already understand that it's already uh, it's already fictional. And so we can take it as is. I think the harder part for other series is that when we try to relate it on a human level, it's hard. And Stranger Things executes that really well, um, despite it being very fictional. So yeah, those are my thoughts and thoughts and feelings of today and what uh, TV series and entertainment does, what some economics and fallacies are and all that and I'll I'll, uh, I'll, uh, catch you guys later yeah I don't know I don't have much for today I I did call in sick today um, because I was having a massive headache in the morning I don't know what happened but yeah it wasn't good so uh, just kind of took the day off and binged watch Stranger Things season 2 and kind of read the book here and just kind of thoroughly enjoyed my day and hopefully you guys can enjoy the rest of yours too or weekend whatever you guys are doing so that's it for now i'll catch you guys later peace easy